The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The Gospel of the Lord. God of mercy, may we be rich in you above all else. Amen. How easy it would be to hear in today's gospel a message that seems incompatible with modern life and thus write it off as obsolete or unrealistic spirituality. A man asks Jesus to perform a rabbinical duty by guiding a man's family in the dividing of an inheritance. And Jesus responds by warning the crowd against all kinds of greed. And then he tells them a parable of a farmer who, was, who had a very good growing season and thus decided to tear down his barns and build bigger ones in order to store up his wealth and retire comfortably. And God calls this man a fool. Are we to believe that it is greedy to want to divide an inheritance, or that wise retirement planning is foolish, or that tearing down an inadequate building in order to build one that holds all it needs to hold is wrong? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying at all. And a closer look reveals a deeper message, one that is as relevant today as it was when Jesus told this parable. There is nothing wrong with dividing an inheritance unless one is motivated only by self-interest. There is nothing wrong with having a good earning season unless the one who is successful thinks only of himself or herself when deciding what to do with the abundance. And there is nothing wrong with tearing down the old and building up the new in order to accommodate growth unless God gets lost in the process. Jesus was condemning a myriad of traps that humanity has always stumbled into when it comes to our resources and our ability to see and honor God and one another in the acquisition and distribution of those resources. When I arrived in Africa for my two-year stint with the Peace Corps, I promised myself 
that I would not feed the stereotype of foreigners coming in with deep pockets and the ability to fund projects. Every time I went to talk to the mayor of my village about the importance of helping girls go to school, which was my mission, he avoided my topic and asked me to build latrines. I was prideful and angry and went away grumpy after every conversation. I wanted to be there to work in partnership and help out with just my presence, not with tangible gifts. I wanted everyone to know that I was more than a source of stuff. I had a degree in education, and that, along with my charming self, was all I had to offer. In reality, I had access to grants and materials that would help my village out. But I was too stubborn about my own desires to be seen as a valuable person and not a source of valuable stuff to allow myself to be an instrument of generosity from my country to my host country. Eventually, though, I learned that girls who were enrolled in school were missing school for a week every month when they were menstruating due to the lack of facilities to take care of themselves when they were at school. So I agreed to build latrines. I insisted that they be the cheapest possible latrines and that the school raise one-third of the money themselves. I went to an architect and had him draw out the simplest design he could and estimate the cost of the cement and wood that would be needed, and that is what I based my grant that I wrote on. The school went ahead and ordered materials for bigger, fancier latrines and sent me the bill. It was an unbelievable saga, wherein the school leaders were being dishonest in order to get the most out of the fact that I was finally acquiescing to the financing of latrines. And I was holding tight to my New England frugality and my resistance to deal in tangible goods. We were a mess. The latrines were built. And life was improved for the schoolgirls of Buffalo, Togo. But for a while in there, we all forgot about God's presence in ourselves and in each other and in the project. It happens every day, doesn't it? The anxieties of resource management so easily trump our awareness of God. It's completely human, isn't it? To be uncomfortable with our relationship with money or to be stressed out about paying our bills, or worn out by the stock market, or awake at night unsure of how we will pay for college or retirement. And yet, whatever it is that has a hold on us, we too often forget that God also has a hold on us. That God is wrapped around us in our worry and anxiety, And that come what may, that love is the one resource that is not limited. We are not wrong when we worry, but we are misled when we believe that we worry in isolation. We are misled when we think it is all about us. We are misled when we live as if this is all that there is. But the other side of resource management is just as tricky When we find ourselves in abundance and we think we are the most important ones to consider, as the man in the parable did, and as I did in my struggle with those latrines, then we miss out on the spiritual wealth that God is offering with hands wide open. 
Self-care is one thing. Self-absorption is another. It is the self-absorption that derails us, that holds us too tightly to allow us into the richness of feeding and being fed in community, the richness of knowing God. The gospel concludes, so it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich towards God. So what is it to be rich towards God? I wish we could sit here for an hour, an hour or more and share with one another what each of us sees in terms of the richness of God, because I know there is a wealth of that in this place. There is richness in the way you greeted one another this morning, in the way you serve in your families, in your volunteer jobs, in your work at school. There is richness in the way that you balance your budgets, often tight budgets, and include donations to those who don't have enough. Donations to help this place be a center of God's work and contributions to the new building that we are raising up to hold an abundance of ministry. There is richness in the way that you balance your schedules to open up time to be here now in community, in communion. There is richness when you pause for a moment of silent prayer, inviting God to make the best path known before you make a big decision. There is richness in pausing to evoke God's wisdom and gentleness before reacting to a disoriented and therefore disorienting child or grown-up for that matter. I invite you to go back later on and read again the readings that we had this morning and see the richness of God's love for us spelled out in each of them. I invite you to hear that richness in the liturgy, in the music, the presence of your pewmate the sacraments of coffee hour. I invite you to feel the richness in the baptism that we are about to partake in for Hugh, who's sleeping so calmly right now in such richness. How is it that we keep, us, keep on hearing of this deep and abiding, abiding divine well, and yet we keep operating out there as if we are alone and empty-handed? How can we help each other to see more clearly the richness of the reality of God with us, in us, and among us? The rich man, in Jesus' parable, is a fool, not because of his wealth, but because of his blindness to the other. His blindness to the possibilities of shared abundance, and his blindness to a God who has more to share with him than he could ever store up in a hundred barns. May we see the places in our lives where we have forgotten the vast expanse of wealth beyond anything material. And may our foolishness in that forgetfulness be transformed into holy, expansive visions of all that God has stored up for us. And may each of us be as new in Christ as the newly baptized baby today. Amen.